Welcome to the Made for Hope podcast. I'm Sarah R. Ward, and I'm joining you today with my friend and co-host, Katie Epling. And today we're talking about how to be intentional in our parenting, which is something we all know we need to do, but it's so hard to figure out how to do it well. Now, I have two kids in very different stages. I have a teenager and a preschooler. Uh, ages four and 15. And so this summer, I'm teaching one kid how to drive while I'm teaching the other how to ride a bike. And it's kind of a weird, (laughs) weird mixture of ages. And Katie, I know that you have several kids too in different stages. (laughs) So tell us where your- Several is a good word. (laughs) Yeah, it feels like there are a lot of them. There's three. (laughs) Which Um, is a lot. Sometimes it feels like a lot more. Um, So yeah, my kids, my oldest is 15. My middle kiddo turns 14 today as we are recording this. That's exciting. And then Joey is 10. And as we've said before, Joey has Down syndrome. So he's got some delays. And uh, so yeah, my kids are at really different stages as well. And as you know, every stage is so different. The challenges are different. And just when you think you've mastered that stage as a parent, you realize you have to start all over again with the next stage. And you also have learned along the way, I'm sure, as I have, that you never really master parenting. (laughs) (laughs) That's the truth. (laughs) So that's why we're talking about intentional parenting today. And we're starting with Act 1, the challenges of intentional parenting, especially as a team with your husband it's so hard to be intentional, even on our best days. So mm-hmm. we're going to start with defining what an intentional parent is, because I think that's the foundation of our conversation today. So Katie, let's have you start. How would you describe yeah. intentional parenting? Well, I, I think that parenting is one of those things that sometimes you you can't see the forest for the trees. You know, you, we can get so caught up in the day in and day out and I, we've got to pack lunches and we've got to pick up the socks on the floor and we've got to, you know, all these, just the, the stuff of parenting, it can be overwhelming. And intentional parenting helps us to take a step back and say, what are the things that I want to make sure I am communicating to the best of my ability. Um, and, and it doesn't always mean that, that we're going to do it perfectly or the kids are going to get it perfectly because, you know, they're broken people too. Um, but what are we as parents just really trying to make sure that we are focusing on? What are the things that we want to make sure that our kids leave our home with? So I don't know. That's my, that's my definition, Sarah. What, what would you say? Well, you said that so well, and I think my definition just goes right along with that is about prioritizing where you put your time and energy. And like you said, communicating that and making then decisions that align with those priorities. Yes. And so it's asking those weekly, daily questions like, should I say yes to that volunteer commitment that will take me away from the family once a week? Or will we go to church this weekend or sleep in? Should I take a new job that means I'll have less time at home? And you always have to look at those decisions and reflect upon your priorities in the family and see how those align. And it's hard to do that, especially when you're trying to raise these little ones to love the Lord and to know what matters mm-hmm. in life and find that balance. So that's that's hard. 
Yeah, it is. And and I think that kind of touches on what I was going to ask you, um, just you know, what are some of the challenges? Because it sounds great. Mm. Like I, I want to be an intentional parent. Perfect. You know, um, but it's not easy. Oh, <laughs> so what are the, some of the challenges that you see in being an intentional parent? I think just remembering and committing to those priorities. It it yeah. sounds so simple to say, oh, I, I will remember these. I will live them out. <laughs> but, but we don't. We forget we're human beings. So I think although we might say, okay, I want my family to go to church. I want them to do things for the community. I want them to be involved in this or that because of what it teaches. But when real life plays out, we realize how much harder it is to implement those things. And just then our own human weaknesses, we get tired. Um, We can't fit everything in in our schedule. We might not want to drive our kids everywhere to be involved in all these (laughs) things, you know. And so we have to really hone in on those priorities and then commit to them. And that means sometimes saying no to other good things. But for you, what what do you think some of the challenges are? Well, I will say <laughs> the, the in big capital letters, I have written down here in some notes that being an intentional parent takes intention. Yeah. It, it just takes time and yeah. effort. And it, that's hard in the early years because you are physically exhausted. You know, you are running around after little ones. You're getting up at night, all of these things. You're worn out. Yeah. And I remember when you know, my kids, even Joey, they're, they're a little bit, they're out of that stage. And I thought, oh, good. When they get older, <laughs> it'll be easier. I can sleep through the night. I, you know, all these things, but now I'm emotionally exhausted. Yes. <laughs> it is. It, it's different. Um, but you're still exhausted. And so sometimes being intentional can just feel like, oh, this is just one more thing I've got to do. And yeah. it's easier to just do the day-to-day things. Um, so that's a real challenge, but it's so worth it to take the time and do it. I agree. I, I You made me think of a story. When I was a young, younger mom, <laughs> not that I'm old now, but I, it feels that way some days. But when I was a younger mom I and had just little kids, I remember a mom of a teenager saying, you know, your kids will need you just as much when they get older and sometimes even mm-hmm. more. And I remember thinking, how is that possible? Because <laughs> I had like babies and, and toddlers and stuff. And I'm thinking they need me all the time. How is it possible that a teenager could need me? And now that I'm in that teenager stage, I realize it's just a different kind of neediness. It's not the fact that they need me to do all these things for them because they don't. They're they're much more independent right. now, right? But yeah. they need you for the emotional sport. Uh, support and they their problems are so much harder and bigger than they used to be and they don't have easy answers and so I'm starting to understand what they mean by that so you're right it's hard doing and they have this sixth sense for knowing when you are the most exhausted and that's really (laughs) when they're going to need you yes that is when they're going to need to sit down and talk for two hours (laughs) about whatever (laughs) has been on their mind that you've asked them about three other times and you know they didn't want to talk about it then (laughs) that's so funny you say that because it seems like my 15 year old always wants to have those kind of conversations like when I'm tired later in the evening and I just don't have any more words and (laughs) (laughs) I'm still trying to tell myself, Hey, this is that 
good time for her to talk. This right. is a good time where she can open up even if I'm kind of spent for the day. And so that's hard. I get it. I really do. So let's let's move on to act two, which is all about choosing a direction so that we can be more intentional. Katie, how do you think parents can choose which priorities to focus on in parenting? Like, how do you do that process of yeah. choosing? Yeah, process is a really good way to, to describe it because I wish that I could just tell all of you parents, here are the things that you should focus on, yeah. but I, I just can't. It, there are just, there's no end to the list of good things that we could teach our kids. Right. And it's going to get overwhelming. Um, when everything is important, then nothing is. You know, when we try to make everything top priority with our kids, we're going to overwhelm ourselves and them. And then all of a sudden they're going to think, my mom got just as mad about, you know, my messy room as she did about my grades, as she did about the lie that I told. And, and then, then nothing's important. We, we can't communicate um, values to them if we are trying to focus on everything. Um, I, years ago, I heard uh, Warren Buffett was talking about business goals. So a little bit different, but he said something along the lines of, you know, you make a list of your top 10 priorities and then you cross out two through nine. <laughs> wow. And uh, I think, you know, that's true for us too. Like we, we just, even when we're looking at the, our top 10 priorities, even that sometimes it's just too much. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to say, okay, here's all the things I'd like to focus on, but, but we're just going to do this one. Um. So I think it is a process and then you can reassess too. You know, it doesn't have to be one forever. Hmm. That's, that is fantastic advice. I think yeah. in addition to that, if you're just, you feel overwhelmed with even asking that question, I think understanding that your time with your kids is really short, even though it doesn't feel short Yes. and saying, what am I doing to shape their lives with the time I have is what's the one thing I want to teach them. I recently went through a book called Christ-Centered Parenting. I think I mentioned this book to you, Katie. Yes. And they actually have you do this activity as one of the things for parents, kind of assignments for parents in the book, where you take your high schooler and you list out some of the things you want to teach them before they graduate high school. And they actually have different activities for whatever age your kids are. They have them broken up by different stages. But for high school, they have list these things. And that was a really good activity for me because my mm -hmm. daughter's in ninth grade. And I'm seeing that she only has three and a half more years at home with us before she's going to go off and do whatever in the world. And that really helped me to say, okay, what can I teach her in three and a half years? I can't teach her everything in three and a half years. Right. So it really forced me to focus in on a few things over the next few years. And if that seems too overwhelming to say, what do I want to teach them in the next few years? Then just even saying, what do I, what do I want to focus in on this month? Like yeah. you said, honing it down to one thing and then doing intentional things to share that principle with them or talk about it. Yeah. So 
as you are are honing that list down and and walking through this with your kids, what questions do you are you asking, or do you think parents should ask uh, to help shape that direction? Mm. Well, there's so many many <laughs> questions we could be asking. I think saying how are we, how do I want to spend time together? Like, yeah. what's going to be memorable? Is it, it doesn't have to be really fancy big things either. I think that's something we get caught up in. That has to be Mm -hmm. these really momentous moments like big trips and um, special planned weekends. And those are good, but it could just be, I want to spend 15 minutes a day with quality time with my kids. And I I want to just connect with them for 15 minutes. And you don't even have to do anything. You can just be talking with them. And maybe you already do that. But just clarifying how you can spend time together. And then saying, what do I want to intentionally teach and model um, for my kids? And picking out, like you said, one or two things. Not everything, but just just one or two things. I think that could be a good place to start. Katie, what do you think? Yeah, I think that those are great places to start. And and I think another good question to ask is, who are we as a family? Oh, that's good. What what do we stand for? Um, In our family, our kids know. (laughs) Our kids know if if they're struggling with something and my husband or I will say, hey guys, what are we? And they'll say, we're a team. And you know, and they roll their (laughs) eyes, but, but they know like, hey, we are in this together. We are here for you. Our family is a team. So kind of figuring out what's our identity as a family. And, and I would even say, sit down with your kids and ask them, what do you think is important to us as parents or mm. as a family? Um, I did that and it. I wish I had done it when my kids were little, but we did it a year or so ago. And I actually, I have to say that I was a little bit heartbroken that my kids said, um, well, safety, safety is really important to you, mom. You you always say that you have to keep us safe. Interesting. And it sounds like a good thing, but I see that, I see that maybe in um, the gospel that God doesn't necessarily call us to be safe. Hmm. And in some ways, you know, it made sense when they were little and I wanted them to hold my hand when we crossed the street and all these yes. things like, guys, I need to keep you safe but I kind of wish that I hadn't ingrained that idea in them quite so much that I want them to be safe all the time because I want them to take risks and I want them to have adventures. And so I think that asking your kids can really help you to shape the message, but it also can help you to go, okay, well, maybe I am putting a little too much emphasis here. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So that can be a really good place to start. Wow. But a hard place to start too, to hear those truths come out of their mouth. But I think that probably changed everything for you, right? It really has. It's it's really helped me to see like, when do I need to maybe back off and let them take some risks? And when do I even need to say, hey guys, try this. I know, I know it's scary, but let's let's go try it anyway. Yeah, that's really hard for me too. I'm definitely <laughs> one of those moms who's concerned about safety. And like you said, the little little kid years, how can you not be? Because they're constantly right. taking risks that aren't safe and you're trying to teach them what is. But if you're overemphasizing an area, then you're probably underemphasizing other areas and yes. something we all have to be aware of. But I love that that focus on on who we 
who are we? We're, we're a team. And what does that team look like? I know years ago, we put together a list of things, beliefs that we will live by. And oh, great. We, we put it in our kitchen. And I'm sure I got this idea from somewhere, but I can't remember where. <laughs> and over the years, this list has changed, but we put the things we value, like respecting each other and being honest and truthful with, with each other. And I've had that on my fridge for so long that I, I barely look at it. And then <laughs> someone came to my house and they go, oh, can I take a picture of this? This is so good. I want to do something like this. And wow. I, I had forgotten about it. And I think <laughs> because I stopped looking. But when you said we need to define who we are, it made me think back to that list. And just yeah. then for me, the importance of updating it so it stays fresh too. I don't know who said this, but uh, it, was an, it was an older parent to a younger parent. And they were saying, you know, the one thing they said, I was so intentional about what I should be teaching my kids that sometimes I just forgot to enjoy them yeah. for who they are. Are. And so I think yeah. as part of this discussion, I think maybe we can get too stuck, at least for me, I speak for myself, that yeah. we can get too stuck on what we want to teach and how we want to teach it and sometimes forget that there needs to be joy in that journey yes. of teaching too. You know, we're not going to do this perfectly. Right. And, you know, when we have these conversations, it's not to add pressure and it's not to just put one more thing on your to-do list. We're here to just help build each other up and encourage each other. But there's such a thing as good enough <laughs> too. Yes. You know, it's okay to still be human. So on to act three, where we share solutions, tips, resources on how we can become more intentional parents, because we don't always have the answers ourselves. And sometimes we need a little help from our friends. So Katie, I'm curious to hear a little more about what's helped you and your husband to become more intentional parents and any resources that you would recommend? Well, I will say one of the biggest things that's helped us, which is not a resource you can go out and buy, but it's just having our small group Bible study that mm. we sit down and check in with, you know, regularly. We, we meet every week and we text other times, but just having other people, again, it's part of that team. You know, they're not our family team, but that's our greater team. Having that is just huge. Um, but resource-wise, when the kids were younger, um, I read Grace-Based Parenting by Tim Kimmel. Hmm. Um, which was a really, really fantastic book. But uh, then and then the last year or two, I read um, Paul David Tripp's book on parenting. And it is called Parenting. Um, the subtitle is 14 Gospel Principles That Can Radically Change Your Family. Hmm. And I have to say, it's, it's one of the best parenting books that I have ever read. It, it's really, really good. Um, so I highly recommend that one. Um, so, and Sarah, I know that you mentioned that Christ-centered parenting earlier, and I, I bought it based on your recommendations. <laughs> I haven't looked at it yet, but I have it. So, but what else would you recommend? Well, I wanted to mention before we leave that that topic of the yeah. Christ-centered parenting book, um, which I'll put all these books in the show notes so you can check them out if you're listening to this and click on them and go look at them in, in Amazon. But we went through that with a group as well. And we actually did that during the pandemic. So we were on Zoom calls, but I'll tell you going 
through a parenting class or like you said, having a small group of other parents to share struggles, I think is so important because in the context of that book, they're training and teaching you how to talk about with your kids these really complex and sometimes difficult topics like um, identity and sexuality and media consumption and um, sanctity of life, all these big, big topics. And then they tell you how to talk about them at each life stage from preschooler to young adult. And they actually give you kind of a coaching section where they they give you the biblical foundations the, the verses that support those biblical truths. So you, you can look them up with your child. They talk about kind of developmentally where your child is at, what questions they're asking, what they're experiencing wow. and going through. And then they kind of give you some coaching tips and discussion questions, more specifically with the older kids since preschoolers don't really discuss things, but um, they, <laughs> they do give you coaching tips and then how to pray for your child. And that section of the book was the best part because it gives you wow. a framework of how to talk to your kids about things. And then it was so interesting each week as our group met, we would share how it went to talk about some of these subjects. And, you know, there were a number of parents in the group who said, I was afraid to talk about this with my kid, Mm -hmm. but I knew I needed to talk about this with my child and I didn't Mm -hmm. know how, but this gave me the courage to bring it up. And then they would share what their child had said. And they were like, I I couldn't believe what they said. And it really opened the door to some honest conversations among the parents about what their kids were struggling with, what they were struggling with in terms of being a parent. And I think so many times that's where we miss the boat. We try to give this, this impression that we have all the answers. We know what we're doing because we're afraid of being judged. Yet if you can find a group of parents or maybe even one other couple where you can feel comfortable sharing that vulnerable place of, I don't know what to do, or I've messed up with this in the past. What do I do? How do I fix this situation? I think there's something really powerful. So to pair learning with um, relationship, I think is is one of the most powerful resources for for parenting. That Um, is huge. I mean, I, I remember... When my oldest, who is, you know, going to be turning 16 here before very long, she was six months old the first time I went to a MOPS meeting. And I mean, within two or three meetings, it was saving my life Yeah, because I just didn't realize how isolated I had become and, and everything was new and and I didn't know how to do any of this stuff. Right. Um, You know, and I remember the first time that I got up the courage to just kind of in an offhand way, say, man, I didn't know that I could get so angry at a tiny little baby. Yeah. You know, and I was afraid that they were going to look at me like I was from another planet. They were going to never want me back there. And they said, oh yeah, me too. You know what? Actually, we did a, a whole meeting once on anger and how to handle it. And, and it's, but it's been a while. We should probably do that again. And just so just to know that I wasn't the only one who had that struggle. Yes. It, it it took so much of the power away from the anger. Yeah. Because it was so scary to think, well, there's something wrong with me that I would feel this way. But 
when you can come together and say, no, no, we're in this together. We have these struggles and and there are ways to handle it. You're okay. Um, boy, that was just freeing. So Sarah, what does intentional parenting um, really look like in your family? I mean, you know, it sounds so great as we're talking it through, yes. um, but you know, we already said like we're, we're human and yep. we don't do it perfectly, but how, how do you do it? What does it look like? Uh, yeah. Well, I think it's been different in different seasons. I think one of the first things we did when um, our daughter was little was understanding that um the family who plays together, that, that, that they stay together, that, that mm-hmm. brings a certain bond in, in your family. So we developed, um, family fun night and it's something we still do today. And that might not seem like intentional parenting, but I do think there's something oh, absolutely good about saying we're going to have fun together. And yes, everyone yep. has to participate, but we'll do different things like each week. And we, we try to fit it in as our schedule allows, but Friday nights are family fun nights. We do family devotions every night that we are home together for family dinner. And I have devotion time. We read the Bible five nights a week, but one of the nights we, the sixth night, we have like, I don't really have a title for this, but we sit down and talk with each child about a topic that's important that we want to share and discuss with them, like finding your identity in Christ. And so I take my daughter and my husband takes our son and we kind of split up and just talk with them and then pray for them and ask them what's on their heart and mind. And so that's actually a newer part of our devotional time. We used to just read the Bible and pray each night. But I said, hey, what if we did kind of like this, interacting with our child, talking about a biblical truth and then praying for them. And so that's our newest thing. Um, And we'll see how that works this year. Yeah, Katie, I want to hear what your things look like within your home? How, what does it really look yeah. like? Yeah. What does it really look like? So <laughs> I feel like we have gotten a little bit lost in the forest lately of just trying to survive the teenage years. Mm. Um, and so we are really trying to re-implement some of these things. Yeah. But when we're doing well and, and what we are trying to like restart and get back into the habit of doing, um, is we we do try to sit down with the kids most nights and um, just look at a passage of scripture, pray for each other, that kind of thing. Um, but my husband and I also try to have regular check-ins. Um, we do a big annual planning thing where we sit down and we talk through practical things too, like what are some, are there projects around the house that we need to look mm. at this year? You know, what trips do we want to take? That kind of thing, which, you know, obviously looks a little different with COVID too. Um, but we also look at where are our kids? What are they going through? What are they struggling with? What do we need to focus on with them? And really try to have a good feel for that. And then we try to check in once a week and look at, we look at our schedules, what nights, who, who's taking what kid to what thing, but also where are we focusing with them? What conversations do we need to be having with them? Um, and so just putting that, like you said, you know, you have those habit trackers, like we plan our doctor's appointments and, you know, IEPs and I don't know, all these kind of appointments. And sometimes these things that are the most important, we think, well, they'll just happen. Yeah. 
but they need to be planned. <laughs> you know, they don't just happen. They, do. they, they kind of fall off the, the edges if we don't intentionally put them there. Um, then the other thing that I think has just been really, really helpful for our family um, is crafting statements that are unique to your family. And, um, and, and I, I find unique, I don't mean that nobody else will use them, but that you plan them. Um, you know, someday my kids are going to be like, oh, remember how mom used to always say, you know, whatever. And hopefully it's not, if everybody else jumped off a bridge, would you jump too? You know, yes. <laughs> all have those like momisms that we just know. And I want my kids to remember the things that I really wanted them to remember. So I already said, we all ask our kids, what are we? We're a team. They know, they know that that's something that we repeat. And so I've kind of crafted some phrases like we are a team, um, err on the side of kindness. You know, guys, when it comes to relationships, sometimes we can go too far one way or the other. We can either be too kind or we can be too selfish we can be too reserved. I'd rather err on the side of kindness. Mm -hmm. um, things like that, that you look at what are those priorities when you sat down and made your list and you, you know, made your top 10 and then you crossed out most of them and just focused on one or two. What are those priorities and what are some key phrases that you can just repeat, 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 and just get them in your kids' heads? Um, that has been really big for our family. I don't know that I've crafted those statements that you kind of can say over and over to your kids and that they're going to remember like 20 years down the road. I think that's just brilliant, Katie. As yeah. parents, you're working towards the same goal, which I think then helps your kids to work towards that goal yeah. too. And I just love how you really create that team atmosphere. And that's what that, I think, intentional parenting is all about. Thanks so much for joining us in the Made for Hope podcast. As always, you can find links to the things we mention in the show notes. And we really appreciate your reviews of the show. If you could go ahead and just click on the star rating or leave a review that helps others find us. We appreciate it so much. Until next time. 